Welcome to the Sunday Sermon Podcast from Reverend Anna Flowers. Here's an opportunity to listen to our weekly message and find inspiration for your life. We hope that you enjoy it. Amen. So you all heard our kids give us a little bit of a hard time (laughs) this morning during children's time. We place a lot of emphasis in our culture about the decision of what work we do in this world. Like this is a big decision that we make uh, in our lives. And we we kind of let that trickle down to our children as well. And so we have a habit in society, and I do this too, where we ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? And I think even inherent in that question is something so deeply problematic because we're not asking them, what work do you want to do when you grow up? We ask, what do you want to be? And the kids know the question we're asking is, what work do you want to do? And they answer that way. And so From the earliest age, they have tied being and working together. As though who we are as people is intrinsically tied to the way we make our way in this world, the work that we do in this world. Now, some parents of my generation, I'm an elder millennial, as they call it, some parents of my generation have sort of grown uh, hip to this idea, and so we like to say, well, let's not ask children what they want to be when they grow up. Let's ask them who they are right now. Let's ask boys and girls together, what kinds of activities do they like to do? And this is all very nice, but it sort of delays the inevitable, because eventually that child will grow up and they will have to make that big decision about what do you want to be in this world. And from an early age, they pick up on our societal truth that we have placed a judgment value on different work. Some folks place a higher value on work that gives power, right? to be a big boss, to be a a big leader, to, to be something big in this world. We idolize power. Some people in our society idolize money, to make a ton of money. And that's tied to power as well, but to make a lot of money. That's what we want for our children. Now, we don't say this explicitly, but it's in the culture. It's in the movies we watch, the shows we see, the way that we talk about work to our kids directly or indirectly. And even, and this goes for a lot of folks in the churchy world, some of us say, no, no, we don't do that, but we might place a value judgment on how saintly the work is that we do in the world. We might encourage our children to do something that we see as the most beneficent in life, like to become a doctor, to become a civil rights attorney, to do something that blesses the world through their work. All of this is something that the younger generations, even younger than me, I am told, are pushing back against slightly. And this is hard for me to even understand fully myself, because this is that Generation Z that's coming up. Now, I'm told that these younger folks coming up are struggling with some of these assumed principles of how we value work and how we value ourselves in that work. They're asking that age-old question, do you live to work or do you work to live? And they're answering it not in the way that their parents might want them to answer it. 
some of these younger folks are taking a more utilitarian view to their work. They don't want to be tied too much of their identity into the work that they do. But here's the truth that we are exploring in our series. We spend a heck of a lot of our lives working, (laughs) and we do get a lot of our sense of self and our way of being in this world through the work that we do. To deny that is not quite realistic. Many of us also really do gain a sense of self, a sense of identity, a sense of doing good through our work. And that's not going away. So I wonder, in the midst of all of this, if there might be an urgency within us or or a need or a desire within us to find a third way of understanding the role of work in our lives, the role of work in our spirituality, the role of work in our society. Now, we heard in our gospel story today one of the greatest, one of my favorite stories, actually, in the gospels, which is the calling of those first disciples. And I love to imagine it like it's a movie scene. And here we have these hardworking ancient Israel men, you know, in their fishing boat, sweating, working hard, laboring, just trying to make a day's living, trying to put food on the table for their families. And here comes Jesus walking up to them, calm, cool, collected Jesus. (laughs) And he calls them and says, I'll make you fishers of men. Rise and follow me. Now, the way I have always thought about this story is through our own cultural lens, admittedly. (laughs) And whether I realized it or not, I realized that I, like maybe many of you, were seeing this story through a values judgment way. See, these were fishermen, and they were being called to maybe holier work. Don't fish for fish. I'll help you fish for people. Jesus, maybe in our mind, was saying, don't do this lowly labor. I've got bigger and better plans for you. And a lot of times when we have taken that interpretation, it's led to a whole lot of turmoil about, oh God, what am I called to do in this world? As if that is the most big decision we make in our lives. But as I was reading the scriptures this week, I realized something that helped flip this entire narrative around. See, let's imagine our movie screen again. Sorry, I have a tickle. Let's imagine our movie screen again, where Jesus is calling those first disciples scene one, the closing scene of their entire relationship with Jesus, the last time that those same disciples ever encounter Christ. Where is it? What are they doing? They're fishing for fish again. In the Gospel of John, the very, very end, 
He says that those same disciples one day after Jesus had died, they were cast down. They felt like their purpose in life was no longer clear. They looked to each other and said, let's go fishing. And so they get in the boat, and John says they removed their shirts just to get into it. I love that detail. Again, he's painting the picture for us. These are hard-working men. They're sweating in the—well, it was nighttime, but they, <laughs> they're sweating out there in the boat trying to labor to bring those fish in, and Jesus is on the shore just watching them work. And he calls to them— and says, bring in that net of fish, and they cast the net over the right side of the boat, and they bring in this whole big net of fish. These are fishermen back doing what they know how to do, doing the work of their hands, fishing. And then they bring that fish to the beach, and Jesus has already made a fire for them. This is one of my favorite stories, too, because it's just so earthy and real to see Christ this way. He's made a fire for them on the beach, and they just cook that fish, and they eat it. Closing scene. So in this movie of these disciples, their very first encounter, scene one, with Jesus, they are fishing. And in the final scene, they are fishing, not for people, but for fish. They encounter the risen Christ there in that moment. What are we to make of this? I think there's something beautifully profound about that. That through their work, not the highfalutin work of fishing for people, but the labor of fishing, this work of their hands that they had been taught by their fathers and their fathers' fathers and their fathers' fathers' fathers, the work of their hands, they saw Jesus. They encountered Christ. And none of that ever went away. Friends, I think that we spend too much time as a society thinking about what kind of work we do and not enough time as a society thinking about how we do our work. The Apostle Paul tells us in that scripture from Colossians that no matter what work you have to do, do it for God. I've seen this played out in really beautiful ways right here in our community in Walpole. Some of you might remember Hunt Bergen getting up here and talking about um, a Romanian family that had showed up at church one day. They were living out of their car, and their car was broken down. And we were, as a community, wanting to serve them. And so what did we do? We called Robert at Robert's Garage. Some of you might know Robert at Robert's Garage. Why did we call Robert at Robert's Garage? Because we knew him and we trusted him. And in the past, he has been our mechanic for God. <laughs> he has helped us to fix the car, not only of that Romanian family, but also of a homeless 20-year-old who was also living out of her car. He helped fix the car of a mother and son who were also living out of their car who came to our community. Three times, Robert at Robert's Garage right there on Main Street 
has used the work of his hands to do God's work. Now, did we pay him? Of course we did. He does a good job. (laughs) But why did I trust sending those people to Robert? It wasn't just because I knew that he's really a good mechanic. And those of us who use him know that he's a very good mechanic. I get those head nods. You got to be good at what you do in this world. The second reason I call upon Robert in those situations is because when you go into Robert's um, little uh, office area, you'll see, and some of us have been here, you're like, oh boy, yep. You'll see, though, that there is a beautiful icon in the background. Robert is a man of faith from the Orthodox tradition. And I trust him that he is a man who works through his work to do God's will in this world. Every single person we have sent over there has been treated with complete respect, which is hard to get when you're a homeless person living in your car. And he has gone above and beyond for every single person that we have sent over there. So I I bring that up to share with you again, this idea that maybe it matters less, this huge existential decision about what work we do in the world. And maybe it matters a little bit more than we give it credit for to think about, all right, Lord, this is the work that I am doing. How do I do my job for you? How do I do my job with you? I think sometimes many of us fall into patterns of regret about our careers, or we fall, maybe we're in the midst of our careers and we're wondering, should I switch what I do? Should I change my job? Should I be doing something else in this world? Lord, what are you calling me to do? What if, we, you can ask that question for sure, but what if in addition to that question we asked, Lord, here I am. This is the work that I have been given to do. This is the work that I am doing this day. How might I do this work with you and for you? Use me, God, for your purpose and your blessing. Whether you are a fisherman or whether you have power, money, prestige, doesn't matter. All of us, all of us, All of us can do the work of God. May it be so, and amen.